Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, you can pick an experienced, licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with. Each and every therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over 3,000 hours of supervised work. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com forward slash boom. And to show your support for this podcast, use code boom to get $30 off your first month. That's boom. Talkspace.com slash boom. B-O-O-M. Locked On Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to a January 28th Saturday edition of the Locked On Blazers podcast. I'm your host, Eric Garcia Gunderson writer for BlazersEdge.com, former Blazer beat writer for the Vancouver Columbian. Welcome back to the show. It is Saturday. It's the day after the Blazers win the other night against the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, They won by a final score of 112-109. Damian Lillard had 33 points. Uh, the day after it was announced officially that he did not make the all-star team. Same for CJ McCollum, but Lillard had uh, the better night, at least on the court. And then uh, after we recorded last night, or after I recorded last night, there was some uh, extracurriculars between the two teams that went on on social media. The Blazers Twitter account, which is uh, a great Twitter account, and shout out to to all those guys that that are in charge of the social media and run that social media over there. Uh, Chris Coivisto, uh, TJ Ansley, uh, all crew over there uh, had a great tweet, uh, kind of clowning Chandler Parsons. Not kind of clowning, just straight up clowning Chandler Parsons for airballing a three pointer and. Uh, the tweet said, to be fair, the NBA three-point line is really, really far away from the basket. Parsons replied with a good retort, especially for this season. Good luck in the lottery show this year because the Blazers are outside of the playoff picture as uh, as it stands. And then CJ McCollum responded by saying, we hit the lottery by not signing you, which uh, was a, a great barb. Obviously didn't say why. You know, it wasn't a low blow being like, hey, you always get hurt. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't mean or anything, just... Uh, a friendly jab after Parsons uh, jabbed back at the Blazers. And then Parsons tried to come back with a reply saying, stop it. Technically I hit the lottery, which not that creative of a reply, especially to CJ McCollum, who signed an ex- a more lucrative extension than the one, than the contract that Parsons signed with the Grizzlies. But some funny stuff that happened uh, last night after the game, which, you know, uh, the Blazers really needed, and now they're they're feeling a little bit. It look it seemed a little bit that they were feeling themselves a little bit more as they should. So uh, that that's what happens when you, when you win games. But they they still have uh, a long road ahead, as we mentioned. They're still outside the playoff race. It's their first three game win streak since early December, as we stated on the last podcast. Uh, one little update for you on news is that Mo Harkless was upgraded to probable today at the Blazers practice, and Ed Davis, with a wrist injury, is still out. 
and will not play. So uh, I would suspect that we will still see the same starting lineup that they have had out there uh, recently, the last four games of Damian Lillard, C.J. McCollum, Evan Turner, Noah Vonley, and Mason Plumley. And I believe that Harkless will come off the bench uh, when he comes back to the floor tomorrow. For this, for the rest of this podcast, I talked with my buddy Sean Hyken. We did a Bulls versus Blazers podcast. We talked about uh, both what's going on with with our teams, but mostly uh, just a little bit of an update about what's going on around the league. Some some updates on some of the stories that are going on. Sean has great insight on what's been going on with the Chicago Bulls and the Jimmy Butler, Dwayne Wade, Rajon Rondo, Fred Hoiberg stuff that that's been going on over there we talked about the Cavs we talked about the Clippers uh there's a lot of talk about trades uh right now as we we approach the the trade deadline which ends uh after the all-star break and so uh lots of stuff to talk about around the league interesting storylines of course the Blazers uh are gonna be I would say active I wouldn't say that they are buyers or sellers uh, in this trade market, but uh, if someone were to need a facilitator and if, if Portland were to say, hey, maybe you take Festus Azili off of our hands to help fill salary for something, to help balance your books, what have you, and you want to send us a second rounder or something like that to help do that for you, maybe that's something that, that Portland can do. I, I, I don't know what scenario that would be in, but uh, – the Blazers are, are really good, at, and Neil Olshay specifically has, is really good at uh, taking advantage of situations in the league to try and benefit the Blazers, even in a in a small capacity. So uh, I talked with my buddy Sean Hyken from The Athletic and Locked On Bulls about what's going on in the league. So uh, it's not as Blazer-centric a conversation as usual, but if you want that, I highly recommend going back to yesterday's podcast where we talked about their win against the Grizzlies. And we will be back again tomorrow with another edition of Locked On Blazers after they play the Golden State Warriors at home on Sunday. That should be... uh, you hope it's a competitive game. The Blazers were more competitive against the Warriors when they were down in Oakland uh, most recently. So uh, maybe they uh, can can get a, a better game again. They've been playing better, but the Warriors are one of the, you know, they are the best team in the league, but they have uh, been knocked off recently. Uh, they lost at the hands of Dion Waiters earlier this week. So, hey, maybe there's a chance that, the Blazers get a home win and get some momentum. Uh, they have yet to really create that this season. So uh, a win against the Warriors, I think, would would definitely constitute some momentum. Obviously, it wouldn't change uh, exactly where they are. They'd still be fighting with Denver, and they wouldn't be coasting or anything. But uh, if they can get that win against the Warriors, uh, then – Maybe something is uh, is working, but we'll have to see because uh, that's kind of been the season so far for the Blazers. Is you think they're going to turn around, you think they're going to make some progress, and then they don't. But uh, we, we will not judge them too harshly because it is Golden State tomorrow. But we will be back tomorrow with another edition of Lockdown Blazers. Please enjoy a Bulls versus Blazers with me and my friend Sean Hyken from Lockdown Bulls and The Athletic Chicago.
We're back. Bulls versus Blazers. Yes, uh, Bulls versus Blazers. We have to give the fire content whenever we can. Right, and, and there's been so much stuff happening on the network lately. It's been uh, big. Thanks to LeBron James. Thanks to the Chicago Bulls. Thanks to the New York Knicks. We have so much to talk about. And then also even the Blazers and Grizzlies getting into it. A uh, little bit of love and hip-hop Sacramento going oh, on. Oh. Uh, some good stuff from uh, Kevin Arnovitz's feature on DeMarcus Cousins. There's some good stories in there. Yeah, I think we. I, but I, I think I know where we should begin because we should begin with uh, what we know best and you uh, being – uh, the reporter on on the Chicago Bulls uh, for the Athletic and also the host of Locked On Bulls. Tell us what's been going on with uh, this Jimmy Butler, D Wade, Rondo, Fred Hoiberg stuff. Uh, of course, just to update everyone, uh, Hoiberg decided to have Wade and Butler come off the bench as some kind of punishment for sp- I I don't know what for speaking out to the media maybe and then Rondo kind of uh, addressed their comments to the media on an Instagram post. So please tell us what in the world is going on since I think those are the cliff notes, but you have the details. Okay. So this has been, this has been a fun week. So first of all, so this, this starts on Wednesday when the, well, actually, no, it doesn't start on Wednesday. It started on Tuesday when Wade, I wasn't in Orlando when they would play the magic, but he talked at shoot around Wade did about, uh, how he's going to look at all of his options when it comes to whether he wants to pick up his player option for next year. And he's not happy with kind of how, you know, the season is gone. He's not happy with their record. They're like around 500, a little bit below 500. And, you know, he's going to look at a lot of different things when he decides if he wants to uh, stay in Chicago next year or not. So then the next day, the Bulls are at home. They play the Hawks. They blow a 10 point lead with under three minutes to go. And, Paul Zipser and Nico Miritich get shots laid, even though Jimmy Butler and Dwayne Wade combined for 33 points in that game, or not 33, 73 points in that game. Jimmy had 33, Wade, or Jimmy had 40, Wade had 33. And so after the game, Jimmy and Wade both just go scorched earth on everybody else in the locker room, basically saying the young players like are, you know, they don't want it badly enough. They don't try, like they're not going hard every day in practice. You know, a lot of these guys just are happy with, getting a paycheck and wearing an NBA jersey, you know, a lot a lot of stuff like that. And so then the next day, which was an off day because the Bulls had played a back-to-back, so there was no practice that day, Rajon Rondo put out an Instagram post with a picture of himself with Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce from his Celtics days. And by the way, just as a side note, shout out to Ray Allen not being in that picture because those two didn't like each other. <laughs> That's such a classic beef. Yeah, it's course. so good. But uh, but so Rondo goes into this whole thing about how my vets uh, never went to the media with their criticisms. And, you know, they went hard every day. They didn't you know decide when they practice. And, you know, the young guys work hard. And he basically was the point of his post was basically standing up for the young guys against the criticism that Wade and Jimmy had against them. And, you know, it was a little bit ironic that uh, Rondo was talking about how people shouldn't de- criticize our teammates to the media and he did this in an instagram post right which is just so, its own form of media so that was so that was fun and then so then yesterday morning at shoot around uh we actually it was like an hour-long shoot around media availability because first they had their big team meeting where everybody got what they needed to get off their chest everybody said what they needed to say john paxson was there 
Gar Foreman was there. All the players talked. It was, you know, it was one of those. And so then Gar Foreman comes over and gives like a 90 second statement about how disappointed they are in how this has gone and that it's unacceptable and then leaves without taking questions, which is great. It's definitely good for accountability. Yeah, I, I wonder where he's taking his cues these days. Yeah, I know. And, I mean, he definitely offered some alternative facts about all this. Uh, d- uh, you know, definitely just kind of, you know, push back against the crooked and biased media that says that they haven't gotten younger and more athletic. Right, w- w- because they haven't. Right. And so then, you know, Jimmy basically says, you know, no matter what I do, I'm going to still be me and people can like it or not. That was kind of his message. And then Wade basically said the same thing. And Rondo then comes over and basically says, yeah, I said what I said. I'm standing up for the young guys. I'm, you know, and, he, and he basically just totally defiant about it, which I thought was great. And then they go out and they get blown out by the Heat, who are, by the way, not, by the way, missing Hassan Whiteside, missing Josh Richardson, missing Tyler Johnson. They're starting like Rodney Magruder and uh, young Chalupa, Luke Babbitt. But you also know who they do have as of late, which is another network show that we didn't even talk about at the time. Survivor Miami, baby. Dion Waiters. Survivor Miami, Waiters Island. Absolutely. And so then it gets it gets even better. So, so yeah, last night was just a complete joke. And, you know, they get blown out by the heat. And Wade and Butler come off the bench. He's, Hoiberg decides to start Doug McDermott and Paul Zipser instead. And he says this was his decision, not management's decision, which I don't think anybody believes for a second. Yeah. But so they come, they come out, uh, and uh, like you know, they 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 come out, and, and by the way, that the, the punishment only lasts five minutes because Wade and Butler start the second half of the game. They are only benched for the first five minutes of the of the first half. So they, it's basically just like a little slap on the wrist. And you could just tell afterwards in the locker room that neither of them were like, they were both just like, what, what the hell is this? Like, like they weren't even like taking the punishment seriously at all. They were just like, what is this? This is ridiculous. Well, yeah. Cause they, I mean, Butler played 33 minutes. Wade played 28 minutes. By the way, Butler shot one for 13 from the field. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't watch this game. I, would you say that he was trying all that hard in this game? Or he like- did He's he's had games where he's been more engaged, right? For sure, that, that's a good way to put it. I, yeah, I mean, it, it's I would be furious. I I think the disciplining of players for this type of behavior is a little weak. Uh, just because that that's just me. I just think uh, you got. I don't I don't see the any how it's beneficial to police what your guys say, especially when your team isn't playing well, you know, if you want to call them out when they're not playing well, that's, that's what usually I, what teams should do. And for, yeah, for me, I, I just think that Hoiberg is, uh, from everything that I have seen from him over the you know past couple seasons now, he, yeah. he's just really bad at handling these situations. He didn't handle Noah well uh last year and rondo still says that he hasn't gotten a straight answer about why he got benched in the first place yeah that's not that's not cool that's that's not a, a a good way to get guys ready to play for you if you're not honest with them like that's 
you know, you're 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 already losing. So uh, so here's what so here's why the the punishment for uh, Wade Butler last night was such a joke. Because okay, so if you're gonna do that, don't suspend them for the first five minutes of the game. Actually, suspend them and just don't play them in the game. If that if that's the no, no, I'm saying that's the right way to go. But if that's the direction you're gonna go, go all the way with it. But the problem is. The Bulls are below 500. They've got a big road trip coming up. They know that they can't afford to just punt games be, like that because uh, Hoiberg wants to sort of prove his authority amid all this accusation that maybe he has no control over the locker room. So he, you know, he's too smart to do that, and so he just kind of takes this, you know, this half measure slap on the wrist punishment. It just kind of defines his tenure as coach so far. It was just, it was, it was, it was just, it was whack. It was really whack. Like that's the only way to put it. <laughs> Yeah, it's just the best way to describe it is that uh, it it was whack. Yeah, so I, I like that word for 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 that specific thing. So yeah, the Bulls uh, having some some really interesting times, uh, lots of drama on making the band Chicago. Uh, making the band Chicago. By the way, today at practice, Taj Gibson said that in this team meeting that they had yesterday, some of the young players called out Dwayne Wade for taking days off from practice and saying uh, and, you know, basically calling the shots on when he'd practice and when he'd sit out back to back. So they wanted to see more from him. And that's something that Wade has openly admitted, like, look, I'm 35 years old. I'm not going to practice every day anymore. And so we asked Hoiberg about it. And Hoiberg says, uh, and, and he, Hoiberg says, yeah, you know, Dwayne Wade has practiced every day the, the last two weeks that we've had off, which Wade himself has directly contradicted on the record, which so that's that's fun. Mr. Hoiberg also seems to be into the alternative facts. Well, it's not for him. I don't think he's making the conscious decision to lie. I think he just like doesn't want to offend anybody. And so he'll just say what he thinks is going to get him out of any situation the easiest in terms of what, what he says. That's kind of more what that is. He just—I just think he isn't cut out for this, and I—I I, I like him a lot personally. He's a very nice guy, and he—you know—he means well. He just—you know—you have to have a certain temperament to handle NBA players. It's very different from being a college coach in a program like Iowa State, and I'm just not sure that he—that—that uh, that he's cut out for it. Yeah, uh, really interesting stuff going on in Chicago, considering he was brought in there to be like, uh, you know, a, uh, you know. A more of a player's coach, a guy. That... I went. I went through the press release that they sent out after they hired Hoiberg, where they just well, because because before, because like a week before that, they had torched Tom Thibodeau for you know his lack of communication with the front office and you know running players into the ground. They you know they they did they did all that, and so they sent out the press release the day they hired Hoiberg. And here are the three things that Gar Foreman uh, said about him for why he think they think he's going to be such a good coach. He's a winning basketball coach, a natural leader, and a great communicator. So that's over three so far. <laughs> Man, tough. Uh, yeah, the... I feel bad, and I feel bad for Fred. Like I don't know how much of this is his fault. He certainly hasn't done himself any favors with how he's handled this stuff. But the roster isn't very good, and it's not built for the kind of offense he wants to play. And he, but he's also just not really cut out for this and I don't I don't think there's any chance he gets fired this season because they still have to pay him 15 million over the next three years and you know the Bulls wouldn't want to eat that money but I don't think Fred would honestly be too upset if he got fired because he wouldn't have to deal with this anymore he'd still get his money he could go back to Ames Iowa and be the mayor again <laughs> which maybe that's his destiny you know yeah maybe it is uh yeah really interesting because you would think 
or at least I, I thought, you know, my perception of Fred Hoiberg was, you know, ex player coming in, he'll know how to talk to guys, he'll know how to relate with guys because he's been in their position, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, yeah, it, it seems like the transition's just been really hard for him. It has. And, you know, to be fair, Taj Gibson kind of defended him today in practice. He said, you know, Hoiberg has admitted that he needs to hold guys more accountable. He has given guys a little bit too much leeway. But that's the same thing he said when Jimmy Butler called him out last year for needing to coach the team harder. And it's just like, this is all of it. Like, none of this is good. And And it really comes back. I mean, there's no one person to blame for this, but a lot of it is management. Right. Yeah. And that's that's always tough. Uh, okay, but, but yeah, I mean, it's tough to be in that position when management makes the roster decisions and also too the, you know, the Jimmy Butler wanted Dwayne Wade to come onto the team. Like uh-huh. you, you, the, those two guys, you know, that that's something in this too, is, you know, these guys are all, you know, it takes a village to win and it also takes a village to lose. I, there's a lot of factors uh, involved with these teams. And uh, it just seems like it just hasn't been the right combination uh, for, for the Bulls. I mean, they've been pretty decent for, for stretches and pretty good for stretches, but it just, the pieces don't really fit. It's not, it's not great. And I don't think it's going to get better because they have, so they're playing the Sixers tomorrow with, with Joel Embiid out, which I'm really disappointed about because uh, I was really looking forward to seeing Joel Embiid in person for the first time. And you trust the process. I absolutely trust the process. But so they play the Sixers tomorrow at home and then they go on a six game road trip. This is the schedule through the All-Star Week. They're going on a six game road trip where it is Oklahoma City, Houston, Sacramento, Golden State, uh, Phoenix, Minnesota. So that's three games against really good Western Conference teams. And then they come back home, and their last two games before the All-Star break are against the Raptors and the Celtics. Wow. So this could get bad. That's that, that's bad. That's going to be hard. This could get bad. But this hey, get... hey, hey, i, I got to say, the Blazers beat the Celtics in Boston last weekend, so anything is possible. Yeah, so what – the Blazers are, you know, are the Blazers going to make the playoffs? I, I think they will, just because I don't think Denver's good at all. And, and and I I just don't think Denver's very good. And so I, I think Portland's still going to make the playoffs. They've, New Orleans coming on a little bit. Yes, New Orleans. Yeah, no, you're right about that. New Orleans is definitely coming on a little bit. Uh, they, they've had some, some nice games there. And, and Minnesota has been playing better lately. Like, they're still not doing all that well overall, but they've been playing better. Uh, and, and I think, and especially when it comes to point differential, they're still a team that uh, – should be better than what they are whereas you know portland's point differential is, hasn't been very good but uh i they've done some interesting stuff uh, over the past week terry stott's trying to like shake things up a little bit they're starting evan turner now and they're starting noah vonley and they're bringing aminu and harkless off the bench harkless is hurt uh but i i just think uh i think that they will eventually figure it out lately the problem has actually been offense and I just think if they can get enough balance with the defense and then the offense can stable out, if they can just get enough of that, those two things together, I think they'll be able to win the eight seed. Because it's like, it's going to be, it's not going to take a lot to win the eight seed. One thing that they don't need to struggle with is whether CJ McCollum sends fire tweets or not. No, no, they, they do not uh, have to worry about that. 
the Blazers kind of clown the Blazers uh, team Twitter account, which is a great Twitter account. Uh, shout out to Chris. Shout out to Chris Corvisto uh, and TJ uh, and Cody and, and Casey Holdall and all the people over there. Uh, and they had a great tweet making fun of Chandler Parsons. And Parsons added them back. And then CJ McCollum saw it and clowned them. Because so the, I think the, I don't have the jabs in front of me, but I think Parsons said something about the Blazers going to like the have lottery. fun in the have fun in the draft lottery. And then uh, yeah. CJ McCollum retweeted and says, "We won the lottery by not uh, signing, signing you. you." Yeah, and then and Chandler Parsons tried to respond by saying, "Hey, actually, technically, I hit the lottery," which is funny because a CJ McCollum's extension is actually for more money than uh, than Parsons's contract was. Yeah, exactly. And then. The other thing, I mean, that was just that was just a whack response. Like he's what he should have said was, "Hey, how's that Evan Turner contract working out for you?" Yeah, exactly. That would have been that would have been perfect. That would have been really good shade. Yeah, exactly. That see, that would have been uh, a good comeback. It was there, but uh, Parsons didn't deliver, so CJ uh, was victorious. But that that was just a great, uh, great, ju- great, the, great tweet from CJ. And did you see the 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 Blazers like? Chris McGowan, their president of business operations, actually issued an apology for it. Yeah, I saw that. I think... Which is so dumb. Like, that's the most harmless tweet. Yeah, it's unfortunate that he had to come out and apologize for that because that was a good tweet. Uh, and it was just having fun. And I think, yeah, it was just having fun. It's sports. Who cares? Like, Yeah. Uh, and so I, I guess some people did care uh, enough. Uh, that's my. That's the only reason I can see why uh, Chris McGowan would have to. Come and then, out then and Chandler make a Parsons, when that when that statement happened, Chandler Parsons retweeted it and said, "No, this is fine. This was all fun." Like Chandler Parsons, who responded to the tweet and it got controversial, he wasn't offended by it. So like, uh, who can't, like okay? Yeah, I, that's uh, just taking it too seriously to come out and have to apologize for something like that. Also, especially, I think it's sports. They're just joking around, and it's like, yeah, it, it's it's unfortunate that there had to be that type of response uh, to something that was just funny and just part of the game. I mean, that's basketball. It's like that's that's part of it sometimes, and so, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, but hey, still a great moment nonetheless. That. Uh, Nobody could take away from us who were on Twitter last night. No, it was fantastic. Yeah, one one of one of the most fun times I've had on Twitter since LeBron James got back on Twitter <laughs> this week and started tweeting again. Uh, mm-hmm. As the the Cavs uh, have been struggling, keeping up with the Cavs continues to get more interesting, and they were semi involved in some news this week. Uh, that the Knicks, another one of our shows, the Real Lakers of New York, uh, tried to engage the Cavs in a trade for Kevin Love by giving them Carmelo Anthony. The Cavs did not want a part of that deal. Which is how you know LeBron is not the one uh, actually calling the shots because that's because Melo is LeBron's boy. If it was up to him, he would have been about that. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm sure, but and and that's why yeah, I, I think in this in this sense, uh, David Griffin is not, uh, you know, David Griffin is 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 the one that's in charge on this, uh, because 
yeah, if I were him and trying to w- make sure that I have the franchise's best interests in mind, you know, you can't just worry about reloading for just this year because Anthony is not the same. And Kevin Love is better than him at this point. Yeah, he is, and he's younger. And so uh, all, all signs point to keeping Kevin Love, that Kevin Love is more valuable at this point in their careers. If this had been two seasons ago or a season ago, I before Kevin Love you know had a a hand in winning game seven and making the biggest making the stop on Steph Curry and then this year he's been great uh he's been getting the ball more he's been scoring more he's more of a part of the offense yeah it's just too late for for the Knicks to start trading Carmelo and to to explore that love mellow option because I think it might have been there at the trade deadline last year if they had wanted to uh but uh Maybe they just didn't want to, but pro- I, just think it's, I just think it's too late. It's too late to get that kind of a return for Mello now. So the love for Mello stuff is actually like the least interesting part of all of this to me because there's been so much stuff with keeping up with the Cavs and with the real Lakers of New York lately just separately. Yes. So with keeping up with the Cavs, LeBron in the last couple of weeks has called out David Griffin and called out the front office basically saying, look, we need a point guard, we need a playmaker, we need all this stuff. And basically go calling out Dan Gilbert for not spending enough money on the roster. And then David Griffin fires back on the record and says uh, that it was inappropriate for LeBron to do that. And it, 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 they've just been this back and forth. And I, what I liked was yesterday or two, a couple days ago, LeBron says uh, – I have a good work. I have a working relationship with Dan Gilbert, which is absolutely a ringing endorsement. <laughs> right, I have a working relationship with him, so we work together, and that's it. Yeah. So this is so that's what all this is. It's uh, it's been it's been fun. Yeah, it's been great, and then also uh, LeBron taking shots at the president. Uh, you know. Oh, that was so good. That was so good. When when the the all stars. Uh, player vote there was some goofy all-star player votes and lebron said there's always weird votes donald trump is president which i thought was great yeah pretty uh pretty great stuff and then uh just the whole drama switching over to our other show the real lakers of new york the carmelo phil dynamic has just completely deteriorated is what it seems like uh phil is you know, it seems like the Knicks are letting a lot of these trade proposal ideas get out in the open, and uh, Mello's getting asked about it every day, and uh, it, it just all seems uh, like a pretty uh, bad thing going on between them. Carmelo obviously has a, a no trade clause, so he has. And if to I'm him, I'm not. And if I'm him, I'm not waving that no trade clause. Yeah. I mean, he wants to, he wants to live in New York. He likes living in New York. His family is happy there. Why should he say yes to a trade just because Phil wants him to? Like Phil, Phil's been trying to drive him out of town for like for like a couple months now. It's just not. I don't know. If I'm Carmelo, I'm not letting Phil win that. Yeah, it's it's what he wants to do. I mean, ultimately, we we can say that. Yeah, uh, you, you can't get mad at. Uh, you can't vilify guys like Kevin Durant for going to Golden State and wanting to win a ring and leaving his team to win a ring and then get mad at Carmelo when 
Carmelo Anthony, the person, wants to live in New York, wants to work in New York, has a job that allows him to do that. And, and he has all the leverage to say whether he wants to still be in New York or not. Right. He has a no, He negotiated before he signed his deal a no-trade clause so that if this situation were to happen, he would have control of his own destiny, which I know a lot of people can't really relate to that, but he negotiated it. So, uh, you know, I and I get it. So, uh, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't waive it either unless, you know, for him, it's a situation that he wants to go to, that it's totally 100% like it's going to be better than what he has now. You know what I mean? Like, that that's the that's the deal that he negotiated with the Knicks and if if he wants to wait out the right deal for the two teams it seems like that he wants to go to are the Cavs and the Clippers so if those are the two teams that he wants to go to then that's what he has a right to do because that's what he negotiated my favorite part of this whole thing is that the is that the Knicks are talking to the Clippers about uh Carmelo trades that don't involve any of the big three. Now, a side note here, according to a couple of articles I've read about this, I, and you know, a lot of people know more about the CBA than I do. So I'm assuming this is correct, but they couldn't trade Blake. I mean, the one trade that sort of makes sense would be Blake for Mello. They couldn't do that if they wanted to, because Blake is a designated player extension, like Rose rule guy. And the Knicks already have Derek Rose on their team. And you can't trade for two Rose rule guys on this, you know, at the same time. So they couldn't do that because they made the Derrick Rose trade, which was an awful trade for them in the first place. So there's that. The other part of it is that this trade doesn't, it's supposed to trade, and I guess they're looking for a third team, but like the parameters of this trade they're talking about doesn't involve getting any of the big three. So it's like, what are you going to do, Phil? I mean, the Clippers have no picks. They, they, they have no future assets they could give the Knicks if they want to, you know, trade Melo and rebuild. So are you trading Carmelo Anthony for Jamal Crawford and Austin Rivers, both of whom have several years left on their contracts and aren't that good and are making $14 million a year each? Well, I, yeah, I, that, that seems like the position that they're in. And it also it, – it just seems like they don't have a lot of leverage here with Melo because Melo is not the same guy. He, 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 he has lost a step or two, and – He's just not going to get the return that the Knicks anywhere close to the, what the Knicks gave up to get him, but even anywhere even close to that. And and I think uh, they're starting to see that, and that I think is why the Knicks and the Clippers it has been reported are looking for a third trade par- a third trade partner. But who's the third trade partner? Who wants to take the Clippers? extra like spare parts and give the Knicks actual assets that they would actually want for Carmelo. Like I, I, who's the team that's going to do that? Yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, I wouldn't give more than a second round pick for Austin rivers or something like that. I mean, Austin rivers, I, I would, I would much prefer to have on my team at this point than Jamal Crawford, because I think rivers is just a more productive player on both ends. And so I guess I would ask about him if I were one of those teams and I guess I just don't know what what the Knicks get yeah did the Knicks get Austin Rivers is that what the trade is I I don't know I that that's yeah it doesn't make any sense that, that logically that what what are the Knicks what are the Knicks going to get for him from the Clippers and so they're kind of stuck in this place and I think probably what ends up happening is they don't trade him I would think so too and you know even if they do find a trade they like Melo still has to say yes to it and if I'm mellow, like why why would I say yes to it? Yeah, it, it also it'd be it'd be really cool though if 
uh, Mello didn't have a no trade clause because I could see there could be so many teams that could throw some like you know decent, somewhat enticing deals the Knicks way that could get them more for Mello, and then you know you could get Mello on a different team. You know, I I think that would be kind of fun uh, if he didn't have the no trade clause, but at the same time. He, he has a no-trade clause, so uh, that kind of uh, limits the options of where uh, the Knicks can send him. And so and so that's why they're between the Cavs and Clippers, and that's why I just don't think they're going to trade him because they just, they're not going to be able to get what they what Melo is worth from them. I, I just don't see it. It's not a good place to be. And the real Lakers of Los Angeles have been kind of quiet lately. They have been. Our flagship show has been pretty quiet, uh, except for, I think, I, a couple of weeks ago. I don't know if we did a show then when D'Angelo Russell and Damian Lillard got into it. But other than that, uh, there hasn't been a lot going on uh, on the, the real Lakers of Los Angeles. Uh, other than, I, I think, some of the guys on the Lakers getting on stage uh, with Migos in L.A. Uh, and singing Bad and Bougie. I saw that. That's That's been, like, pretty much the only thing they've just been bad lately they just have there's there hasn't been they've just they had a guys nice are start. injured uh julius yeah. randall's out d'angelo is out for a little bit like larry nance i think is out now too like it's not it's they've been they've been kind of quiet the rest of the network has been picking up some slack shout out to also to enos Cantor for punching a chair and breaking his hand and being out for two months yeah on, on project runway okc is that actually like because there hasn't really been any drama there i mean russ has just been awesome and there hasn't really been a lot else no, there the, you know there hasn't been a whole lot else, but yeah, the Cantor stuff was pretty hilarious. I thought that that was, uh, I mean, it, it, it sucks obviously that he got hurt. He's also on my fantasy basketball team, which that's uh, rough. So uh, yeah, now I have to I have to pick up pick some someone else up, uh, but whatever. Uh, yeah, it, it was both funny and and unfortunate. Uh, Might I suggest Cristiano Felicio? It's my boy. Oh yeah, uh, as a, as a fan as a fantasy pickup. I don't know about it as a fantasy pickup, but uh, that's my boy. Nice. Yeah, no, I saw you, you wrote a good uh, a story on him, and he he shared it too. So that's he retweeted it with the prayer hands emoji. That's pretty. That's pretty amazing. Uh, and I one other just I know we mentioned it when we were talking about the Bulls and how they played the Heat last night. Survivor Miami, Waiters Island has been honestly the best thing. The Warriors are great to see. The Cavs are always entertaining, but my goodness, the Miami Heat have honestly been so much fun to watch for like the past week, just because Dion Waiters is just going insane every. Dion Waiters been feeling himself a little bit. I mean, he always is, but especially lately. Well, and now he's getting a chance to feel himself in the games because the Heat are so banged up and they have so many guys hurt that they're just saying, okay. We're gonna give the ball to Dion Waiters pretty and Dragic, just like all the time, and and Waiters. I mean, Waiters' game against the Warriors was one of the most fun games I've I've one of the most fun times I've had watching the NBA this season. Yeah, it was so good. It's been it's been great. Yeah. So shout out to Dion Waiters, emerging star on Survivor Miami. Uh, oh yeah, and re- love and hip hop Sacramento. Uh, all the stuff about Boogie and uh, Vivek Ranadive and and all the, the the Michael Malone stuff, and just an in depth look from Kevin Arnovitz on ESPN the magazine. Uh, I think Anjali World has a new video out. I haven't checked it out yet. Oh, okay. Well, I guess 
we'll have the review for that the next time that we podcast. But uh, lots of stuff going on on all the network shows uh, and lots of stuff going on in the NBA right now. I'm, I'm glad that there's uh, you know, lots of interesting stuff happening. It's Saturday as we record this. Uh, it's going to be the Saturday night game, Clippers and Warriors. Blake Griffin is back at least. For the Chris, it sucks that Chris Paul's out. Yeah, it sucks that Chris Paul's out, but at least Blake Griffin's back. Uh, and so getting – honestly, watching Blake run the show is fun sometimes though. Like yeah. when Blake when Blake gets to run the show and take over, it's pretty fun. So that'll be fun to watch. Uh, also, uh, Memphis and Utah, two good teams taking it on tonight on, on Saturday night. But, uh, yeah, uh, lots of interesting stuff going on in the network and all over the league. So I, I think that does it for, for, for me. I don't know if we have – do you have anything else you want to touch on before we wrap it up? Uh, I don't know. I think I think we've kind of touched on everything. This, you know, there's been a lot of stuff going on with the network. Shout out to uh, the teams around the league. It never let anybody try to tell you the NBA is not the best league. Like this is all of this is just so great. The the last week of the NBA. Oh, you know what we totally forgot about? What, what? The, the, the Washington Boston stuff. Oh my God, the Washington Boston stuff. Hoarders Boston and Real World DC going at it. Well, not you know just John Wall got. And then the Wizards all wearing black uh, to the arena was just absurd. And like all the videos and stuff, it was like a playoff game. And neither one of the funniest thing about it is neither one of these teams have ever played each other in the playoffs. So it's not like they have like any, you know, real beef. And it's just, it's just, that's what makes the NBA the greatest league. I like, don't, yeah, exactly. Don't tell, don't try to tell us that the NBA isn't the best league in the world. Like this past week of the NBA, you had Dion Waiters, you had the Celtics Wizards stuff, you have all of that. And, oh, and by the way, you also have Philly winning games at a ridiculous rate. And, and you have all Corella that stuff. still sending out fire tweets. And this is not even a hot take. It's been more entertaining this past week of the NBA than the entirety of the NFL playoffs. Like I, 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 I just, yeah, the NBA is the best. It's the greatest. And I'm so happy uh, that we still have oh, right about just a little, I guess a little less than half the season to go, but uh, just a, another great season already. And I just wanted to throw it out there how much I love the NBA and I know you do too. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad we got this pod. I'm glad we got back on the network because I know that we needed to uh, refresh this a little bit. So uh, always fun to uh, catch up on what's all been happening. Absolutely. So we'll be back. Uh, I don't know when we'll do this again. We kind of do it when we can do it. That's right. Uh, we do it when we have time. We, we, we find time and we'll do it when we can. But uh, we, we always love bringing you uh, our perspective on all this stuff going on in the league. Cause, uh, Make sure you leave us a five-star review too. Oh, yeah, exactly. Leave us a five-star review. Tell your friends. Listen to our in- individual podcasts. Uh, Locked On. On the Locked On Network, Locked On Bulls, and Locked On Blazers. So, uh, and, and so leave five-star reviews for those as well. So, Absolutely. Uh, thanks for joining us. All right. Well, we'll see you guys soon. with the helpful hardware folks. 
It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.